Hey everybody, and welcome to another edition of Dog Walk Talk. As always, I'm your host, Jake Roos from Dogs HQ. And with me, as always, the team beat writer himself, PT Palmer Tom. Palmer, what's good, brother? Doing well, doing well. Just got back from Auburn, made the trip down to the Plains and and was excited to see uh, Georgia come out on top. That was a, a fun game to watch, a uh, fun game to cover for sure. Uh, they, they got us in that eight ball corner pocket press box up there at Jordan Harris Stadium. Uh, a great setup there uh, and always exciting to uh, to travel and uh, hit the road with the team. It's 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 fun. It's fun. It's what you get into this business for to, uh, you know, to 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 experience some of those of, of those different atmospheres. And and Jordan Harris Stadium was certainly a uh, fun one to experience. Listen to you over here dropping the Jordan, not Jordan. You got to you got to be careful around these Auburn people now. They're not, they're not going to like that one. Georgia goes in, obviously, uh, to Jordan Air and takes care of business uh, in impressive fashion. Once again, you know, I thought really this was Georgia's probably biggest test to this point uh, in terms of what happened on the field. I, I don't know that I felt that way necessarily going into this game, um, but uh, based on how Auburn played, you know, I thought that they played Georgia about as close as Georgia has been played this year, outside of maybe anybody but Clemson, uh, perhaps. Um, but, you know, it was an interesting test. Hey, my hat's off to Bo Nix. That kid is absolutely crazy. Um, just reckless abandon on every single play just trying to make something happen at all times. I, it's got to be tough if you're an Auburn fan, just kind of watching the ups and downs of it. Um, you know, it, it's kind of fly by your seat, thrill a minute stuff. But, um, you know, kudos to Georgia. And I wrote this after the game. Kudos to Georgia for holding the line, maintaining their assignments and really sticking with it. I think it's easy when you're playing a guy like that to get distracted or to go away from what you do and, and try to keep up with what he's doing as he's trying to create something. Georgia did a great job. I thought of that. Um, you know, your impressions of the game, anything that stood out to you, uh, anybody who caught your eye necessarily? Yeah, just, just looking through the drive summaries here. Um, I, I felt like Georgia came out and, and was a little bit rattled by the atmosphere, uh, which isn't all too surprising. Uh, I think when, when you go, into an atmosphere like that and, and we mentioned it all week leading up to this game this is really the first time that georgia has played a a true road environment since 2019 since since their last trip to auburn in 2019 um because georgia tech was a friendly environment in 2019 uh, a lot of red and black there in atlanta and, and georgia's had a lot of success there in atlanta uh you know the, the neutral site game championship the bowl game all that you know 2020 with it with everything that you had there Arkansas wasn't all that crazy Alabama was a little bit tough given the atmosphere and 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 the the, the build up to that game but I, I think that regardless of that I, I don't know that that even compares to the 2019 Auburn atmosphere uh okay. and then again Florida uh you know a road atmosphere or excuse me a, a neutral site atmosphere a, a dampened neutral site atmosphere 2020 uh, Missouri. Who else did they play on the road last year? Um, oh Lord, I don't know. I, I kind of that, that was a long time ago, Palmer. Come on, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and and then this year, you know, the neutral site atmosphere with with Clemson, and uh, and you know what was 
almost a home atmosphere at, at Vanderbilt. Uh, you know, certainly not a uh, a tough road environment. This was it, it wasn't too surprising to see Georgia come out. Uh, you know, a little bit shell shocked there. Um, you know, Auburn gets the ball first, drives seventeen plays. 68 yards uh, with, with, you know, what, what looked like it could have been a fumble ends up being ruled a uh, incomplete pass, intentional grounding. Um, I, I can't remember how many times uh, specifically on that first drive, but it feels like Auburn to go 17 plays, 68 yards. They were, they were, they were converting on fourth down and such, um, you know, to, to, to bounce back from that and, and hold them to just a field goal there was huge. Uh, offensively, you come out, you go three and out. I, I think, again, the offense was a little bit shell-shocked there. Um, but the defense does a great job of responding, for, gets that tip ball interception to Kobe Dean with a great play there. Offense, again, doesn't look great, doesn't look super comfortable. They go six plays, and and they started at you know, the, the 20, 30-yard line. Uh, you know, the, to Georgia looked very content to settle there for three. But after that point, once you tie the game up, you know, Georgia trailed for the first time all season with that for after that first drive, they go three and out defense does a good job of responding and and saying, Hey, we're here to play uh, and, and gives the offense the field position to tie it up. Once you get past that point, I feel like everyone really, really settled in for Georgia. Um, You you get two straight touchdown drives offensively. Uh, You go three and out five and out three and out three and out defensively. So the way that Georgia settled in, um, I felt like things got a little bit shaky there after that second touchdown. Uh, and, you know, it, it was, it, I think, I think you can account a lot of that to the injury to Jamari Salyer offensively uh, and on special teams. He's a guy that, that is, is a glue guy for that offensive line, a glue guy for that punt team. Auburn got some pressure on a punt there, almost got it blocked. And, and, but it was, it was coming from the side that Jamari normally would have been on. Uh, you know, he goes down and, and they, you know, take a sack on, on third down. Excuse me, they, they throw out a screen pass the other way just to get the ball away from, you know, Broderick Jones coming in there at left tackle, um, which I think is another topic we need to talk about I, I thought he played well um but you know ju- just the way that georgia responded to that they, they kind of had to get regrouped and then they come out after the half uh and you know drive 10 plays 42 yards miss the field goal respond with that with a one play 60 yard drive uh i felt like the defense did a great job forcing two straight uh you know turnover on downs to end the first half the big one there in the red zone, uh, Latavius Brini with a great play in the back of the end zone reminded me of his great play against Clemson. I think he snuck um, one in there. I think he, I think, I think he, I think he probably got a, that was a little bit of a no call on uh, the refs part. Now I will say not that Georgia didn't deserve it necessarily. I mean, there seemed like there was a lot of holding going on by the Auburn offensive line that probably wasn't. So to me, that almost felt like a little bit overall, of a yeah, overall, I didn't feel like it was the best officiated game I've yeah, seen. I, yeah, um, I and 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 I, I go back to that, uh, you know, what could have been a fumble was originally ruled a fumble, recovered by Georgia, and, and ends up being reviewed and overturned to an incomplete pass. I didn't see a great look at it. I saw one that came from behind, and it really, really looked like Trayvon Walker might have been coming in there, swatting the ball out, uh, and that, you know, I it, to me it would have been tough to – overturn based off of that angle 
Um, but you know, either way, Georgia comes out, you know, and at the end of that half, keeps them off the board that, you know, Auburn had a chance for three. They end up, you know, jumping off sides, Kirby playing chess, not checkers. Uh, and, and, you know, they, they hold them to zero there. Uh, uh, in, in that, after that missed field goal opportunity for Auburn to take advantage of some momentum, Georgia gets a, uh, you know, turnover on downs there around midfield. And then the Bulldogs hit on that 60 yard lad McConkey touchdown that to me really kind of put the game away. Um, yeah, no two more scoring drives, a field goal and a touchdown 10 play drives there. Georgia really just, you know, once again, we, we saw it against Clemson when Georgia knew when everyone in that stadium knew Georgia was running the ball. Georgia was able to run the ball, move the ball down the field, 10 plays, 71 yards, 10 plays, 64 yards. Uh, and, and you know, a lot of the times it was just handoff, 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 handoff. You knew what was coming. Georgia did it again on, on the uh, last drive, 10 plays, 30 yards to uh, kill the clock there. So I felt like Georgia did a uh, – actually, they turned it over on downs just – uh, just before the end of their drive, uh, given Auburn 30 seconds to, to go 55 yards with TJ Finley in there, um, but, you know, kept them off the board. Overall, it felt like Georgia settled into the atmosphere uh, and, and you know, played a, played a solid game, especially considering the guys that they were missing, a, a very, very, very banged up football team. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I mean, and you're kind of walking wounded even worse than you were going into this one. Like you said, Jamari Sawyer goes down, Chris Smith goes down. Um, you know, uh, who did, uh, how did, how did Tyke end up going in there? Uh, the, so Brini switches over at some point, right? Like, yeah, I mean, I, L- Lewis scene got the wind knocked out of that's him what it coming was. across yeah, the, the scene, middle. Yeah. So Br- Brini ended up going from star to safety and Tyke Smith came in at say at star. Uh, but, but he was also in there on, on all the kickoff coverage teams uh, was in there. They uh, every time in the stadium, they announced that, uh, 23 was wearing 25, meaning that Jalen Johnson and Tyke Smith were both out there. Uh, but yeah, that's that's how he ended up there in on in the game defensively. Yeah, and you know, I think that um, like you said, I mean, I, I to me that that one right before the half, the Brainy play uh, is the one that would have kept Auburn in it. That that was the I felt like that was their chance to continue some momentum to to kind of get things swayed back their side, especially right before the half. Like I said, you get the no call on it. Really beneficial for Georgia, obviously. And then, like you, then the the sixty yard touchdown. I wrote yesterday in my column uh, after the game. I think that's the best ball we've seen a Georgia quarterback throw all year. I, I mean, you can't hit him any stronger than that. I mean, he's mid stride, just going down the field, and the lad with a great finish on it. Um, kudos, to maybe, maybe. Be. Maybe I'd, I'd put the uh, Bennett to Burton one up there, but but the fact that we're talking about Stetson Bennett throwing to the, maybe the two best balls that a Georgia quarterback has thrown this year says a lot about what he's done. Yeah, and kudos to him. I mean, you know, I know that this is not a situation where people are or have not have have not been thrilled. Uh, that he's the guy to go. But, uh, you know, I think that he probably won a lot of affection back yesterday with that performance. And Auburn clearly game plan to make him put it in the air. They, they were not going to allow the rushing totals uh, that Arkansas did. You know, they weren't going to drop those eight guys back. They were going to force Stetson Bennett to beat him with his arm. 
He's got enough to do that. And he showed that yesterday. I think it's encouraging personally. I think that, you know, there's that old saying, if you got two quarterbacks, you don't have one. I think Georgia's quarterback situation is in a very good and capable hands right now. I think that you've got to feel great about your backup situation with that being Stetson Bennett. And then, frankly, you're not playing with QB1 and you're still being able to produce out there. So I think that they're in a really comfortable spot. I think yesterday probably – uh, boosted things as much as anything has uh, probably in the eyes of fans and, and probably the level of comfort with the team as well. Um, like you said, defensively, not a lot to really say. I mean, they just did what they did um, and, uh, you know, we're able to take care of business. And like I said, um, you know, Bo Nix out there running for his life, but that's just kind of what Bo Nix does anyway. So uh, not that different. Um you know, I guess out of, outside of the usual suspects, we've touched on Stetson. Uh, we talked about Ladd a little bit. I mean, uh, anybody uh, else out there that grabbed your attention? I thought it was really nice to see Darnell Washington uh, get a couple targets his way. That one, he about Statue of Liberty, that thing, and uh, barely left the ground to do so. I mean, he just like bunny hopped and, and was, was skying over that guy and then uh, makes a great reception there for a, a, a pretty nice chunk of yards after the catch. Uh, looked like a, an absolute Buffalo doing so. And uh, good to see him getting worked back into the offense for sure. I think that that's uh, got to be compelling for Georgia. Brings another weapon in an offense that's not lacking the weapons, but is lacking the, some of its top flight weapons, I would say. Yeah, yeah. That uh, like that play that you described almost as a uh, Statue of Liberty where he, he snatched it out of the air. There was a uh, there was a moment in that press box where there was a uh, you know collective gasp like oh my god did he just do that yeah um, almost came down with it uh, but you know that and and drawing the defensive pass interference there uh, to me that is that is exactly what you want with Darnell Washington uh, and, and that's why th- those two plays that you mentioned his ability to to as a mismatch to draw some of those pass interferences and then his toughness to take down in the open field ran for 25 yards uh you described it as a buffalo yeah. um i mean that's know. what he looks like out there it's imagine, he does he imagine does trying to bring him down jesus christ i mean it, it would I, be, be like tackling a right now you, you couldn't you couldn't pay me enough to try. You couldn't pay me enough to try. But but to me, those those two plays are very characteristic of exactly what you want from Darnell Washington. Um, I, to me, I, I think, as like you said, it's encouraging for Georgia fans to see him starting to get those targets again. I think if you're if you're Todd Munkin, if you're Kirby Smart, if you're you know these quarterbacks, you want to give Darnell Washington four to five targets a game, if not more, sure. and just let him make those plays because of his mismatch ability. Uh, you know, it, get the ball in his hands or, or do your best to do that uh, and, and you know, see how things play out. Um, he is such a tough matchup there. And uh, I, I think we started to see uh, what, what a healthy Darnell Washington could look like this season. Um, I'll go, I'll go defensively for player that stood out to me and, and, and we mentioned it with Chris with uh, Chris Smith going down. That's Dan Jackson. Uh, the way that he stepped in at safety, um, led the team in tackles. Obviously, you know th- there wasn't a huge marquee play like he had the week before with the block punt, but it's just a continuation of of what Kirby Smart has told us about him. That he is, you know, one of the most respected guys on this team. Uh, such a hard worker has earned his opportunity to be in that in that backfield because. 
he's he's beaten out. He's he's taken playing time from guys that Georgia fans can't, were counting on at the beginning of the season. If you had told me that Dan Jackson was going to be in the secondary over Tyke Smith, we, you know, if 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 Lewis seen and and Chris Smith were to go down. And you told me Dan Jackson was going to be the one in there at safety, not, uh, not Tyke Smith. I would have been shocked. Well, if you told, and, and again, if you, told, I, if you told me that preseason that that Dan Jackson was going to be back there, I would have probably said, uh, "Who? Who? Uh, <laughs> exactly? Exactly? You you saw a little bit of him in the spring game, and and but it was like it's a spring game. These right. kind of kids get playing time." Uh, you would not have expected to see him out there uh, making plays this year. And, and, and that's exactly what he's done. Um, so kudos to him. Kudos to, uh, you know, Jamal Adai and, and everyone that has, you know, Will Muschamp, the, the guys that are Kirby Smart, you know, former safety himself, that's, uh, you know, helping bring along that secondary. It's, um, you know, going back to the injuries, uh, you know, that is an area where Georgia is very thin. And, and, and it, you know, th- there was, you know, a moment where it was like, all right, no Lewis scene, no Chris Smith, who is it going to be at safety? You, sure. you, you had seen Dan Jackson out there all game long. So you knew he was going to be in there, but you didn't really know who that second safety was going to be in. And it would have been interesting to see if Lewis had been out from the single play. Um, you know, they, they end up moving Latavius Brini in there, like we talked about, and, and put Tyke Smith at star. Uh, but let's say that, uh, you know, that, that this is something that you, if, if Chris Smith is out for an extended period of time, you are one play away from not really knowing what your safety position looks like. Uh, you know, if, if you go, if you have Lewis go down, if you have Dan Jackson go down, um, you, you're just very thin there. Um, it was a position where Georgia lost some guys in the transfer portal. Um, you know, obviously lost Richard LeCount to the NFL draft, but you had, you had major Burns leave. Uh, you had Darren Branch leave. Uh, you know, Ty- Tyreek Stevenson is a guy who had played star and, and, you know, was able to, um, you know, you play that position so well um, that, that you were able to have some guys that, that might be, you know, cross training between safety and star put more of their time and effort and for effort the emphasis and is at safety. Um, so now you're in a tough position here with, uh, with some guys banged up. Um, I will, I'm sure we'll learn more about Chris Smith's injury uh, as the week rolls along uh, what his status is going forward and what that means for the Georgia secondary. I mean, I would look at David Daniel as someone that that has gotten some reps at safety uh, that is going to have to be, you know, pushed along. Javon Bullard is another guy. Kamari Lasseter. Exactly. Um, So these guys that, that Georgia brought in, in this, in this most recent class, they're going to have to step up. William Poole is another guy I would mention, Um, you know, someone that that's kind of that hybrid corner safety, um, you know, it fits that star position very well. You're, he's back from from an absence early in the season. You need him to uh, to to be a veteran presence and and to you know be capable of stepping in, whether that's as a starter or whether that's in a rotational role, dime package, whatnot. Uh, you, you need him to be ready to go. Uh, and Kirby said it when when he told us the news about Pool that he would be back uh, from from an academic situation that he was dealing with. Uh, through the first four games, he said, we're going to need William as, as the season goes along. So uh, that secondary is certainly an area. If, if there's one area of concern for me, it would be that secondary 
Um, it, they're probably more banged up. They're definitely more banged up at wide receiver, but I think that they are a little bit more talented there and a little bit more experienced. They've been able to get some of these guys, some reps, uh, and, and they've stepped up. Lad McConkey stepping up. Uh, you know, how have we gone so far into this show today without mentioning Lad McConkey? Uh, and, and the way that he has stepped up moving, uh, you know, with, with Jermaine Burton out, uh, moving from his inside spot at, at, at you know, in the slot out to the Z position and, and playing at the flanker, um, had five catches, 135 yards. Uh, and, and so, you know, to, to me, I, I go back to that safety position, that secondary position. I think that they are a little bit more, uh, thin on, on guys that they would feel confident in. Uh, then, then they might be at wide receiver because you've got tons and tons of talent at wide receiver. Uh, I don't know that you have as much of that at safety, uh, and and that's why it's such a big emphasis in this recruiting class. Uh, you're seeing it in this 2022 recruiting class, Jake. Uh, that that you know Georgia is bringing in several defensive backs, and, and you're like, well, why are they bringing in so many DBs? It's because they lost eight this past off season. Uh, and you can't, you, I, I don't know that it's possible to replace eight defensive backs in one off season. Uh, so Georgia would probably be below their, their, you know, allotted number of scholarships at, at, at in the safe, in the secondary. So, uh, you know, that if, if Chris Smith is out for an extended period of time, which, which we don't know yet, um, that would be a concern of mine. And, and, and that's, uh, you know, certainly going to be concerning as, as Georgia has a tough matchup this week against Kentucky. Yeah, well, and as you mentioned, I mean, um, you know, this secondary, they're going heavy in 2022 because you're going to lose Chris Smith. You're probably going to lose Lewis Seen. I think that everybody kind of expects that. Uh, you know, Amir Speed's going to be gone. Latavius Brini's going to be gone. Um, you know, I mean, you're you're going to you're missing you know four or five dudes out of this defensive backfield after this year as well. You know, they got three guys committed already. Uh, you know, probably got another four to five that they're looking at. And um, I think that they could take as many as six in this class uh, if they if they can work them out. Um, you know, I think that that would be ideal for them. Um, but look, they're shooting for the number one recruiting class. They're already number one on the field, though. Alabama drops their Saturday night contest to the Texas A&M Aggies and dogs climb to number one in the coaches and AP poll this week. Uh, not unexpected after we saw from Alabama. I wrote last week in our poll story that it was Georgia's only path that seemed to get to number one was Alabama had to drop one. Wasn't going to be a situation. I didn't think where they would be able to overtake them otherwise. <clears throat> Georgia number one, in my opinion, not a huge deal. I think that it just puts a little bit bigger bullseye on their back, maybe gives some teams a little bit of extra juice when they're playing them. You know, I mean, look, you know, Kentucky's going to be juiced, uh, wanting to keep their undefeated streak going. Uh, we'll touch on that later this week, but you know that Florida's going to want to come for that. I mean, if that, that would, th with them being out of college football playoff contention, that's, that's, as good, that would be as good, I think, of, a, of an outcome for a season uh, for the Gators to knock off a, a, a potential number one Georgia team and uh, kind of ruin that for them. Yeah, I don't know. Like I said, I just don't think it means much right now. I, I, I don't. I, it's probably a cool feeling. Georgia ranked in seasons. This is the first time since 1982 uh, that they've been ranked uh, number one. Uh, they were preseason number one um, in 2008. And um, after a 
uh, pretty dismal performance against uh, Georgia Southern, fell to number two uh, going into that Central Michigan game. So been a while since uh, George has been here. And, hey, kudos to Kirby Smart, man. Listen, that's another thing checked off the list, right? That's another thing that they haven't done in a very, very long time. He's been able to take them there. Got to feel good about that. Uh, any thoughts on number one? Like I said, to me, I just don't see it as a big story. No, no. I mean, like you joked about on Twitter, I'm, I'm, I feel certain that the Kirby and all of his players are going to talk, want to talk all about that this week. No, it, it's it's not as big of a deal. Um, like I, I think it just it makes it a bigger target on the dogs, and, and they've got to be that much, you know, more ready to come play each week. Um, you know, I, I talked to a lot of fans leaving Auburn that were saying, you know, it, hey. We'd, we'd rather be number two. We'd rather, you know, be in, in within striking distance and, and, and knowing that if, if, if Georgia were to handle every, you know, handle their business all the way through, they'd have that shot to take the number one spot uh, from Alabama, uh, you know, in, in Atlanta or in Indianapolis. Um, you know, I, I think if um, I, I don't think it's a huge deal. Um, you know, like you said, kudos to Kirby Smart for for getting that. It's, it's um, cool. It's, know, a get, cool. it's a cool footnote. It's a it's it's, it's absolutely a, a cool footnote. It's an it's it's an it's an interesting thing because it's been so long since it's happened. I, it, and and I can only imagine, you know, what what the roar is going to be like at Sanford Stadium when when the PA announcer announces, you know, your number one ranked Georgia Bulldogs because, like you said, it's it's been quite some time. Uh, so it's, it's an exciting situation. Um, but it's, it's not the, they, they've got a lot of work to do to, to keep that, you know, the, to keep that arbitrary title. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well said that's, you know, it does not, it does not mean, it does not mean anything if, if you're not number one on, uh, you know, January 11th or, or, or the, whenever the day after that national championship game is, uh, you know, you, you can, you know, hoop and holler over your week seven, number one ranking all you want, but, but that's not the one that you want. If you're Georgia, if you're a Georgia fan, if you're a Georgia player, if you're a Georgia coach, if you're, you know, anyone that, that cares about this program. So I, I think it's cool. I, I think it just makes the target on their backs that much bigger. Uh, and and Kentucky absolutely would love to take that. Uh, you know, the, they could feel slighted that they're not in the top ten. Uh, you know, with with this number eleven ranking there. Uh, you know, I, I noted this today in in the college game day story with with game day rolling into town. It's it's interesting because uh, you know the six previous times that they've come to Athens, it's been a top ten matchup. So this is the first one that's not a matchup of two top ten teams. Uh, Kentucky had a chance to get in there and, and comes in at number 11. Uh, like you said, we'll talk a lot more about that game later this week. But uh, in, in terms of, you know, what, how, how Sunday shakes out and, and, and you know, what, what that means for this game, I, I, like we said, I think it's just a bigger target on Georgia's back. I would agree. I would agree. They've got a chance to, to kind of maybe shake the monkey off their back too, about, you know, this idea that they, they don't play well under pressure or, you know, they have this in previous times when they've had number one, you know, like 2008, they come out and kind of lay an egg, you know, they've got a chance to, to sort of knock some of that stigma off as well. Um, couple now, quick- Jake, I've got a question for you. All right, all right. Hit me. Question for you. Question for you. So going back to our conversation about Stetson Bennett, uh, and, and and you you know made a great point that 
that this is a little bit of a confidence boost for Georgia fans uh, to see him really his first time going into a, an atmosphere like that. Um, because like we said, a 2020 season, he hadn't been tested by an atmosphere like that. Uh, Kirby Smart said it after the game. And, and, you know, for him to go in there, play Georgia brand football, uh, you know, throw for over 200 yards, the team rushed for over 200 third straight week. They've done that. Um, in, in terms of what the future holds for set this team and Stetson Bennett and JT Daniels, my assumption is that we would see Stetson again on Saturday. My, my guess is you, you play Stetson this week and you try and get to that bye week to give JT that much more time to get healthy and, and potentially bring him back. Yeah, no, I would agree. I mean, I, I think that I, I think that's the right move. Uh, the way Stetson's been playing, that makes sense to me. Why wouldn't you do that? Um I mean, look, the line came out at 24 and a half uh, with probably the assumption that either one of them can go. So it's I I think that, yeah, a role was I think that you go with Stetson, give it another week for JT to heal. And like you said, you get through that bye week. All right. Now, by Florida, I'm expecting that JT needs to be back. You know, that to me, that seems like. No, I'm not, you know, I'm not saying that the, the, I don't know the severity of the injury, but if, if they're, if the injury is what they're calling it and they're saying what it is, it would seem that the timeline would line up if, for that to be the case. Um, so yeah, I, I think I expect Stetson this week and, and I got no problem with that. I think that, that that'll be just fine. I think that they're capable of doing a lot of the, they'll be capable of doing a lot of the same things against Kentucky that they did against Auburn or Arkansas for that matter. <clears throat> so uh, I, you know, I, I, I'm not, I'm not worried about that at all. I, I think that that's, yeah, either way it goes. And, and, with me. and, and I think for Georgia fans, you know, th- this whole quarterback situation has been such a dominant storyline so far this season. I mean, it started week two, we were headed into that UAB yep. game and uh, you know, we were talking about JT Daniels and his health and whether it was going to be Carson Beck, whether it was going to be Stetson Bennett uh, you know, that whole uh, frenzy over there. Um, JT returns for South Carolina. We, we got, you know, almost a week off of, of the quarterback injury talk, uh, you know, after his performance against South Carolina, you, you felt like he was going to go against Vanderbilt, but then, you know, come back, coming back off of that, uh, we're right back in the thick of things uh, with, with the talk ahead of Arkansas and Auburn. I almost feel like if you're a Georgia fan, the sooner you accept that Stetson Bennett is going to be the starter on Saturday, the, the, the better you'll feel going into the game. And if, if it ends up being JT, then you're pleasantly surprised, but you got to feel good about what Stetson Bennett has done, you know, in this offense, 37 points against uh, Arkansas, 34 points against Auburn, 56 against uh, UAB. So, um, you got to feel good about what Stetson has done. And, and, you know, I, I, I think that's, that's, that's my thought there that, uh, you know, that, that Georgia's going to roll with Stetson again. That's my expectation. Uh, you know, we'll obviously keep you all up to date this week as we continue to probe Kirby smart about uh, the quarterback situation. And, you know, he, I know he's so excited to talk about that. Um, but oh, man. number uh, one, number one, yeah. number one, and you, and you, you got a quarterback uh, situation going on, boy, it's, it's all his favorite topics wrapped up in one. 
Speaking yeah, of yeah. quarterbacks, a lot of a lot of injury talk. <laughs> speaking of quarterbacks, I do want to touch on. We got out on the road on Friday night. Had a chance to get up to Rabin County and see Gunnar Stockton, 2022 quarterback commit for the Bulldogs, break the GHSA uh, record for total touchdowns in a career, um, uh, surpassing Deshaun Watson in that category. Uh, he put up six on the night when I was there, uh, you know, broke the record with or tied the record with three, I think, broke it with four and then tacked on another two just for good measure. Why not? Um, dominant performance for him. Great to see him and, and get to see that moment for him. Uh, it was really, really neat to, to witness that and see them kind of stop the game for a minute and acknowledge it over the loudspeakers and, um, you know, had a chance to talk with him after the game. Uh, you can go check out uh, uh, our after action report at Dogs HQ. Basically, I broke down his game and he was playing against Grovetown out of Augusta, which is home to 2023 defensive back commit Marcus Washington Jr. Uh, kind of went through both of those guys and their performances on Friday night. I'll tell you what, that's a, a pair of really good players uh, that Georgia has coming down the pike. Uh, really liked what I saw out of them. So, Kudos to Gunnar Stockton. Uh, we will have an interview with him this week over at Dogs HQ, so don't miss that either. Um, Paul, anything else here to close it up, man? I mean, I guess uh, I guess now it's uh, on to Kentucky, or, or on to Kentucky, right? On to Kentucky, on to Kentucky. I, I, I put that in rest and react. Wrapped up with that. Um, just another big game this week. It's it's been. We, we, we were looking forward to that October stretch, uh, you know, all of September after that Clemson game. It was, you know, a, a little bit of a grind to get through UAB, South Carolina, and Vanderbilt. But, uh, you know, as you looked ahead at it, uh, at October, the, the schedule, I really think it would have come as a huge surprise to Georgia fans to get two, not one, but two, Top 15 matchups at home this season, uh, you know, and, 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 and the shocking game day, game day twice. twice. And, and, you know, who would have expected Arkansas and Kentucky to be top borderline top 10, top 15 matchups? Uh, it's the beauty of the sport. It's meanwhile, the beauty of the sport that is college football that we love so much. Yeah. Meanwhile, you got Clemson barely hanging on in the polls. I mean, just just really struggling to stay involved. So it, what a crazy, others receiving votes. What an what an insane what an uh, what an insane season so far. Um, all right, we're gonna wrap it up for tonight. That's been Dog Walk Talk for Palmer Times. I'm Jake Roos. Thanks for tuning in.